Well, guys, good morning. I, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing this morning because I don't want you to have to lie because I feel like if you did, that might stir up some feelings of anger that then you would have to deal with in a different fashion, right? That's kind of where we've gotten to. Now, if you're just joining us this morning, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about a new series. We're walking through this series called Putting On uh, Your New Self, and we get this out of Philippians chapter 4. There's also some in Colossians chapter 3, uh, but basically the Apostle Paul says, hey, listen, because of what Jesus has done for you, because you used to be dead, but now you've been brought to life, right? Uh, because you were far away, but now you've been brought near, because you were excluded, but now you're a citizen of the kingdom and all the promises of God are yours. Because of all of that, you now need to live like all that's happened. You, you need to live like the new creation that Jesus has made you. That means that you got to do some things every day. That every day you have to choose to put off the old ways of life. Right? The way that you used to live, the things that you're used to, the, 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 the things that used to own you, the, the old behaviors. So every day we got to make a conscious choice to put off those things and then to put on the life that Christ has purchased for us. And, and so I don't know about you, and when I hear, okay, he wants me to be new, I have a different list of things that I should be working on, right? But Paul says, I want you to put on your new self, be renewed in your mind, and here's how you start. And and week one, out the gate, he's like, you begin by speaking the truth at all times. You gotta stop lying. And you're like, okay. Step one, I gotta stop lying. Okay. And we talked about why that's important. Paul says, because now you belong to the body of Christ, right? We talked about our witness. Uh, the world's gonna cross examine us. And we talked about our own spiritual well being. So we'll be able to discern between the voice of God and the voice of the devil who is a liar. And so, so we need that, right? And then last week, we, we talked about anger. And the Bible actually commands us, it commands, it says, be angry, be angry. But do not sin. What, what is that about? And, and, and like there's a, there's a righteous anger. There's an anger that we should be. But there's also an unrighteous anger, which is what we usually struggle with. And, and listen, anger is, is kind of an immediate response in you. We naturally feel angry. So last week we said the difference is we have to divorce the fact that we feel angry from that statement, I am angry. And when we create that space, we give God some room to start working our hearts. We do not have to lash out in anger, friends. We don't. Our anger doesn't have to control us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We can now respond differently. And so we kind of walk through those things. So at step one, Paul says, hey, you got to start speaking the truth. You got to stop lying. Step two, you got to learn how to deal with your anger differently. So this is kind of step three. And it, it surprises me. I hope it surprises you. Join me in a word of prayer before we jump in to the text this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power that is promised. I thank you for your presence. You say that when two or more gathered in your name that you're with us. And, and God, we, we just confess we feel your presence in this place this morning. We welcome you in, not just to our midst, but into our hearts. Holy Spirit, we recognize you're the teacher of this church. And we pray that you would come now in a special way and that you would exalt the word of Christ in our hearts, that our hearts might burn for him, that we might want him more than anything else, and that you would show us how we can walk in the life that he has provided for us. Holy Spirit, do all that in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Amen. Guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, and we've been starting in verse 17. I've done that for three weeks. I'm going to switch it up. We're starting in verse 20, okay? Woo! Crazy, crazy. So, 
Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 20. We're going to read through verse 28. And the word of God says this, But that is not how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and you were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self, and it's corrupted, guys. It says it's corrupted by its deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, that's why we're doing the 30-day challenge to help us put, put good things in our mind, garbage in, garbage out, so we're going to put treasure in so that we might get treasure out. So we're, we're listening to, uh, to worship music, to Christian music, to podcasts, right? That, that's what we're doing for 30 days. We're kind of in the midst of that. Um, we're reading our Bibles. We're, we're putting the Word of God in our hearts. And so, so we're renewing our minds. And then it says, and to put on the new self. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away lying, or therefore, putting away lying, he says, speak the truth each to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. He says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. And so step one for Paul is that we stop lying and speak the truth. Step two for Paul is we start dealing with our anger differently. And step three for Paul is that we stop lying and we get to work, right? And his reasoning is kind of different. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about why Paul would put stealing on the list, right? Anybody else think this would not make your list? Anybody else? Think like, that's, that's not important. That's not on my list. And Paul's like, no, this is, this is a big deal. And, and it needs to be on your list. And so uh, I've got three things to share with you this morning with a little bonus section, okay? You get some free stuff this morning. But three things uh, as we talk about, about stealing this morning. Uh, number one, I want you to see, I think our text declares that stealing is a sin because it hurts people who we're meant to help, Okay? So stealing is a sin because it actually hurts people that we're created in the image of Christ, made new, in order to help, okay? So that's why stealing is a sin. That's why it's in the top ten, right? right? I, mean, I mean, in Exodus, God comes down from the mountain. He's like, thou shalt not steal. Uh, in, his, you know, in God voice, not Charlton Heston voice, even though that's what I hear. And so, so uh, that, that's kind of what happened. So what I want to do, there's a million ways we could go with this text. We, we, could, we could use that as a springboard, and we could go into all the other places the Bible talks about stealing. I don't want to do that. I want to use this text as our primary text. I I just want to take it in context. And so we kind of have to start with remembering what Paul says about putting on the new self. Why his first reason for putting on the new self, and and, and listen, I'm going to tell you, I think this is key. It's not just why we shouldn't lie, but I, I think his reasoning in verse 25 is really why we should do all of this stuff now, right? Because, because remember, Ephesians 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the kingdom of the spirit of the air, uh, the spirit that's now in work and those who are disobedient. All of us also uh, followed him, gratifying the, the cravings of our, of our sinful nature, right? So, so we, we were dead, we were separated, we were far away, but in Christ we've been made new, we've been raised up, we've been brought to life, all those kind of things. He says there, Therefore, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, therefore, right, live lives worthy of the calling that you've received. And then, then we get to verse 17. He says, therefore, uh, no longer live like you used to. Now put on this new self. And, and, and why do we put on this new self? Verse 25, uh, it says, uh, therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor. Why? Because 
We're all members of one another. So I, I just want you to, with just context, when we're going to talk about lying, say, why should I not lie? Just in the back of your mind, you need to be thinking, like, I shouldn't lie because when, or I mean, I shouldn't steal, uh, because when I steal, what happens is I'm taking something instead of helping those that I'm created to help. And, and Paul says, listen, I, I'm created to help them uh, because we belong together. Uh, that, that means that your neighbor matters, right? And, and, and so he's talking, of course, about the church, but the greater context is what Jesus talked about. What's the second greatest commandment? Second greatest, first greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. The second one is like it, Mark 12, 31. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So, so there's this command, so I shouldn't steal, because when I steal, I hurt the ones that I'm meant to help, right? And, but, but, I, but, but that's not just in the church. The greater picture is that, that humanity, that humans, other people matter, right? People matter to God in, in, in this broader sense. And so I, I have to know that this is kind of at the heart of it. Now with that in mind, let's look at what Paul says. He breaks it down into three phases. Uh, step one, step one, he says, uh, or part one, he says, stop stealing, right? Stop stealing. So I, I'm, in, I'm in verse 28. He says, let the thief no longer steal. So that's the first thing he says is, is, is stop, right? Stop. Let the thief. Now he's talking to people in the church, so these are people that have been, been bought with a price. These have been people that are restored. These are people that have been forgiven. And he speaks to them. He says, don't do that anymore. And, and, and remember the whole preface of Ephesians. You used to do that. You were a thief. And why were they thieves? Just because they took stuff from people? No, they were thieves because they belonged to their father, who is the devil. Right? And we know that the devil is not just a liar, but he is also a thief, Scripture tells us. And so, I don't know if you recognize this, but the Bible really teaches us that we have three earthly fathers. Right? We have our biological father. Guess what? Uh, and, and, and your dad may have been awesome, but he was a thief too. Okay? Then you have Adam. Uh, that's why he got kicked out of paradise, because uh, he was a thief. And, and then you have the devil, and, and he's a thief. And, and Warren Wiersbe says, you know, it's interesting. The first Adam get, gets kicked out of paradise uh, because he's a thief. The, the last Adam, Jesus, hangs on a cross, looks to a thief, and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right? And, and I say that so you know that, that listen, Paul, you may think, man, he's being rough here. He's, he's telling these people, man, the thief, he's calling them thieves. That's not very nice of Paul. No, no, no. This is about forgiveness. Paul's saying, you've been forgiven. You're not a thief any longer, so don't act like it. Stop stealing. So that, that's kind of step one, is stop stealing. And then step two, he, he says this, right? Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands. Right? So instead, get, get to work. That's kind of, that's kind of his thing. If you're able to work, you need to go to work. Now, there was a rule in the early church, and the rule's very simple. We can find it in scripture. The rule was, if you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, don't hyper-contextualize this and try to take this into our world and, and, and think that, um, uh, you know, well, hey, we shouldn't have any assistance programs. We shouldn't do any of that because the early church certainly didn't take it like that kind of command. So in their sense, it was if you're able to work, you have to work or you don't eat. But there were a lot of people that weren't able to work. Some people weren't able to work because they were disabled. Some people weren't able to work ready because society wouldn't let them. Uh, when you think about the widows uh, that the church takes care of in Acts, in the book of Acts, the first reason we have deacons, there are widows that are being ignored. Why is the church taking care of widows? Because in that society, a widowed woman could not work. 
There was really nothing she could do to earn a living unless she was going to prostitute herself out. And, 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 and so the church said, man, we're going to take care of the people that need to be taken care of. And, and this is kind of Paul's point. Therefore, all of you able-bodied folks, you need to get to work because there is a great group of people that genuinely have a need. And if you're not working, you're taking things. You're stealing possessions, food, money that they could have so that they could survive. You following me? So step one, he says, man, stop stealing. Step two, you know, he's like, hey, get to work. And and then step three is kind of really the why. He says, get to work so that you can give. Now, that's the whole sermon I just gave you in a nutshell. We're going to get to the heart of it, right, And, and talk about what each of those things mean. But we start here, stealing is a sin because it hurts people who we are meant to help. Now, this probably goes without saying, but in a crowd of any size that you would call a crowd, there's always at least one person that that information is not enough. They need more than that. They're like, you can't just tell me to stop stealing, right? I mean, Jesus talked to a crowd and he said, hey, second greatest thing you could do with your life is love your neighbor. And somebody raises his hand. He's like, hey, who's my neighbor, right? And so I realize there's always people that need more information. And while I think I shouldn't have to necessarily talk about what stealing is, I kind of feel like we probably should. And so here's your bonus material today. It's in your sermon notes. I'm just, I want to define what stealing is. I'm going to give you three definitions, okay? Number one, uh, stealing is taking something that doesn't belong to us, right? That's probably the most simplistic definition. Uh, in, in Exodus, when God is giving out the Ten Commandments, you remember before he says, uh, you know, do not steal pretty high on the list, uh, is, is, hey, we're not supposed to covet. Right? You're not supposed to want something that belongs to someone else. And specifically, he gives the example of another man's wife. Like you shouldn't want something that doesn't belong to you. And you certainly shouldn't take something. And so we kind of think about private property. And so anytime we go and take something that belongs to somebody else, that's stealing. Now, I, I know in church, most of you are going, Pastor, why does this matter? This does not apply to me. And so now get ready, because here we go. Uh, let me ask you this. What about, what about taking credit for something that doesn't belong to you, right? Anybody ever had that happen to them? Somebody took credit for something that you did? Come on. I mean, if you worked, in, if you worked anywhere, that has happened at some point. Amen? Okay. How'd that make you feel? This is church. Come on. Bad. Did anybody feel angry? <laughs> I felt angry, right? Felt, felt angry, frustrating, because you put the work in, somebody took the credit for it. And so listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I'm just trying to say, how do you think the Lord feels when we don't tithe? Because ultimately, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything in it. It says that everything that we have is a gift from God's hand. So when we take the things that God has given us and we say, look at what I have, and we don't return a portion of that back to God to say, hey, God, you're the one that gave it, what we're actually doing is we're taking, we're stealing credit for what we possess. We're declaring, God, I'm the provider. You follow me? I'm the provider. We do the same thing with glory, Right? I mean, we, 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 you know, you take credit, we, we, we steal the glory and say, oh, somebody says, oh, great job, man, you did this or you did that. And we're like, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not me. It's not you. We have to give the glory to where it belongs. Man, God is so gracious. He is so kind. Man, 
He is, he, he's my source of wisdom and knowledge and strength, right? Those kind of things. And so we have to be aware of that. So the first thing, stealing is or, uh, taking something that doesn't belong to us. Secondly, I would say, guys, that stealing, uh, according to the Bible, is taking more than we should. Taking more than we should. And that's not usually on a lot of people's definitions of what stealing is. But taking more than we should. And so in the Bible... In the New Testament, uh, we, we, we come to know that there are many tax collectors that Jesus hangs out with. And these tax collectors are despised by the Jews because they're known to charge way more in taxes than they need to charge. And, and what happens when you take more than you should? What is that called? Well, that, that's called theft, right? That's, that's stealing. That's why when Zacchaeus comes to Jesus and he gives his life to the Lord, he immediately says, like immediately he comes to you, he says, today, Lord, today, not tomorrow, not next week, not sometime in the future, today I give half of my possessions to the poor. Right? And, and if I've, I've miswronged anybody, he says, I'm going to pay it back four times what I've done. Why would he say that? Because he knows that he took more than he should. That is called stealing. There's a drug company in 2015 that, uh, that produced a drug. This was in the headlines. It produced a life-saving drug called uh, Daraprim. That, that, that drug costs $13.50 a pill. And then overnight, in the span of 24 hours... Uh, the next day, it was offered on the market at $750 a pill. People needed it. Had to have it to live. $750 a pill. That is over 5,000% increase. Right? What do you call that? That's theft! Now, now listen to me. We've got a ton of business owners in our church. I'm not telling you you can't make a profit. I'm not telling you you shouldn't make a living. Everybody, like if you're going to employ people, you have to make a profit. Yeah, You have to. Like that's the world that we live in. You've got to make a profit, but you don't have to make a killing. Right? You don't have to abuse people and use cheap labor and, and pay them unfair wages. So like, you just don't have to do that. Okay? And so when we take more than we should, that too is stealing. And that brings me to the last one, friends, is when we take more than we give, that too could be defined as stealing. Think about your job for a second. Uh, I'll pick on Mark. He said amen. Uh, that, it, you should say amen, okay? I'm not, I'm not I'm just Mark's not his head. He said amen. Uh, but Mark gets paid by company uh, to oversee uh, construction management. And so uh, Mark's been super helpful to us as, as we're talking through um, what we feel like the Lord's calling us to build. But, but he makes a salary. I make a salary. I, Justin, you, you make a salary doing what you... Like we, 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 we get paid. And so there's an agreement when you enter into a company and they say, we're going to hire you at this amount and here's what we expect you to do. So there's a job description of what you're called to do. You know what you're supposed to do every day. Now, if you start showing up to work and you start shirking your responsibilities and you're not doing what you're called to do, but you're getting paid for doing what you're supposed to do, what are you doing? You were stealing. If you go to work and all you do all day is play solitaire when you're supposed to be doing paperwork, if, like that too is stealing, right? Everybody agree with that? We're on the same page? We're in agreement. Okay, 
Hold up. Don't agree too much. Don't say amen too loud. How does that apply to the body of Christ? Which is Paul's reason for writing. He said, now you belong to the church. So if I belong to a body and I am a taker instead of a giver, what am I guilty of? So if I come and I soak 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 and I I consume. So I'm I'm coming, I'm consuming that sermon and that worship on Sunday morning. I'm coming, I'm consuming those Bible studies on Wednesday night. I'm I'm in small group. I'm consuming that food uh, at that person's house. And I'm consuming, I'm consuming, I'm consuming, but I'm never producing. What am I? I'm a thief, according to the Bible. Now listen, what I'm trying to tell you is, is there is a mount. This is why the, the, the Bible says we are a body of Christ. And every single person is supposed to play a part. Does that mean that every part carries equal responsibility for, for the whole? Does that mean that, that everybody has to carry around the weight of, of teaching the scripture and doing it diligently? Absolutely not, right? But it means that everybody does their role. And so, friends, I just want to challenge you this morning. I know you, you walked in and you heard me say we were talking about stealing and you thought this has nothing to do with me. I just want to challenge you. I think it has more to do with us than we believe. Because we are no longer excluded. Because we are no longer foreigners and aliens. We are no longer men and women living on an island. We are now part of a community. Therefore, therefore we cannot steal. Does that make sense? Okay, because ultimately when we do, we're hurting people who we're supposed to be helping. Maybe ask yourself a question this morning. Who am I supposed to be helping? All right, so that was bonus. That was bonus, all right? I just, I know in a crowd this size, somebody, listen, if, if you preach it and you, you, don't, you don't get into it, somebody's gonna say, well, hold up, pastor, wait a second. So, so that's, that's part one. So, so part two, the second thing we learn from this text, in our text, ready, is that according to Paul, and this is surprising, but according to Paul, ready, honest work is not enough. Honest work is not enough. It, it's surprising, okay? But, but this is what he says. He says, he says, to the thief... You have to stop stealing. Don't steal. He's like, you need to go put your hands to work. You need to, you need to go get a job. You need to put on honest work, and you, you need to work, okay? But he doesn't stop there. That's not the end goal. And, and I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think, okay, but, but my job is to provide for me, right? And so I have to provide for my family, and I have to put a roof over our heads, and I have to make sure that we're doing this, and we're doing that. And, and, and we even get to the point, but I'm giving back to the church. I am tithing. So I'm, I'm doing what I have to do. That's it. But the Bible doesn't stop there because there's a step three. This is a three-step program. And step one is that you stop stealing. Step two is that you get a job. And he says, and, and then we're not even to step three. And guys, the implication is, is this. It's not enough just to work honestly. It's not, because that's, he, otherwise he wouldn't have gone on to step three. And so here's step three, ready? Step three, third thing this morning, ready? Third thing this morning is that God's goal for each of us is to become givers. God's goal for each of us is to become givers, right? That is the goal. It's, he says, don't steal. Instead, go to work. Why do I go to work? So that I can give to my brother in need. Because my fellow man matters. 
right? My fellow man matters. Now listen, I, we're going to walk through some stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, that may take some time for you to get to that point. Okay? You, you're probably not going to walk out of here. If, if you're not there yet, you're not going to walk out from a sermon and just go, hey, here I am. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go generously give and, and everything's going to be fixed all in one day. That's probably not going to happen. So what we have to do is we got to figure out what are the steps. If that's God's goal for my life, to be somebody that pours into other people, uh, how do I get there, okay? And so to get there, I think there's some things we need to work through. And, and I'll, I'll give you kind of our application this morning. Here's, here's the steps that I would recommend. You can come up with your own steps. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. Uh, but this is the steps that I think I would recommend. So step one, uh, I, I would challenge each of us to examine, Right? So we need to examine ourselves. And so I gave you three definitions of stealing, right? So you have three definitions of stealing. So here's the question we ask ourselves. Ready? Is there any area in my life that I am guilty of that? (laughs) Any area that I'm guilty of that, right? Step one or, or, or definition one, taking something that doesn't belong to me. Am I guilty of that? All right, step two, taking more then is right or just, right? Am I guilty of that, Lord, right? Step three, taking more than I give back, Lord, am I guilty? Lord, are there any areas in my life that I am guilty of this thing? Because you say this is, this is key. This is the third key to me experiencing the newness of life that you promised for me. It's the third key. I got to stop lying. I got to speak the truth. I got to deal with my anger differently. And I got to stop stealing and start pouring in to the body, to the people that have great need. How do I, I do that? So step one, uh, examine. Step two, uh, like, like, hear me. This is how complicated your pastor's mind is. I'm walking through the text with you, right? Three ways it was broken down. Stop stealing. Get to work. So here we go. Second one is, is get to work. And when I say get to work, I don't mean you have to go get a job, although, you know, depending on, like that could be the case. But I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's your situation. But when I say get to work, what I mean is uh, you, you need to start working on whatever areas that you find yourself lacking. So if there's an area in your life that you say, I am stealing, so now you need to get to work. You need to put together a plan of attack. And so I'll give you an example. Uh, for instance, uh, sometimes people come to me and they say, Pastor, I, I've heard you talk about giving. I feel like I want to give. I need to give. I don't know how to give because here's my budget, right? And so sometimes what we got to do is we got to put in a little work to get there, right? And so I always challenge that person, well, start somewhere, give something, and, 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 and you're going to have to make it up, back up in budget, but just start giving something on a regular basis, and, and then here's what we need to do. Then we need to sit down, and you need to put together a budget, because I'll tell you what's happening, is your money is telling you where to go, instead of you telling it where to go, because you don't have a budget. And so life comes up, you say, I need a cheeseburger, I need a hamburger, I need some new tires, and you don't, you don't have any reservoir to draw from. And so we need, to, we need to figure out what's coming at you in life. Let's write down all of our bills. Let's write down all of our debt. Let's come up with a plan of attack. And so sometimes we kind of got to start working through that. And so we got to get to work. Now, now, maybe your area that you feel like you're stealing is service. And you say, man, I, I'm taking way more than I am giving. And you say, I listen, I, 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 don't, I don't know where to serve. And, and that's always a difficulty in a church. One of the things pastors hear the most is, Lord, I, I want to serve. I just don't know where to serve. And it's like people are looking for a magical formula, formula for the perfect place that is for them. Right? Seriously. 
Like, I, I, just, I just don't even know where to serve. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Can you change a diaper? I'm, I, I, I'm not joking. Because we can background check you, and we could use some folks to, to step in occasionally. I mean, I mean really, you, you, you tired of diapers, but you could teach a Bible story to a five-year-old? Adults, I love you in Jesus. But if we can't teach Bible stories to five-year-olds, something's broken with our faith. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to step on your toe. I'm just being honest. If, if, if a grown Christian adult cannot take the Bible and, and teach it to a five-year-old, like, hey, so there was a man named Jonah, and God told him to go somewhere, and he ran the opposite way. And so God sent this big fish, and he swallowed him up, and then God took him to where he told him to go, and he spit him out. Listen, sometimes in life, you're not going to want to listen to God. But don't be surprised. It may not be a fish, but he will put something in your past that will swallow you up. And maybe it'll be fear or pride or a situation. But eventually, he's going to get you to where you need to be because he's God and you're not. And it's a lot easier just to get on the ship and head the way God wants you to go. Like, if I can't just have a conversation with a kid, you follow? So, so there's a place to serve. Like, let me ask you, how many of you wash dishes? I wash dishes at the house. Wednesday night, we've got great meals. You know what? Our cooking teams, I found out, usually they, they cook and then they turn around after they cook and the same people that cooked are in the kitchen scrubbing plates and scrubbing dishes and I feel like that should be in there somewhere. So it should not be, right? It shouldn't be that the people that feed you as a church then have to go clean up after cooking for you. It's not that way in my house. I have children. I put food in their mouth. When we're done with dinner, I say, ha-ha, you clean the kitchen. They're like, I don't like this. I said, well, then you start cooking and I'll clean the kitchen. I do not care. But we're going to trade off one way or another, right? And, and so here's what I would say to you. Listen, in the body of Christ, there are, there are literally right now, there's probably a hundred different needs that could be met in this church. I, I, I pointed to Miss Jerry last week and said, you know what? We need more people for visitation." Can you go and say hi to somebody with a smile? That's not hard, right? I mean, just to go sit and talk for a little, to, just, just to talk about like, how are you doing? There are so many needs. And so here's what I tell people in church. They're like, I need to find that perfect place. It's a great fit for me. Here's what I say. Ready? Then go try all of it. Just, just go on a tour of trying and you will eventually find something that you love and that sticks, but you gotta try it. Stop sitting on the sidelines going, I, I might want to get in the game. I'm thinking about getting in the game. Someday I'll get in the game. Just get in the game. It's a lot more fun to play than it is to spectate. I promise. I promise. Now it's challenging. Yes. It requires work. Yes. It's tiring. Yes. But it is worth it. It's worth it. All right. So get to work, put together a plan. Lastly, Lastly, uh, moving towards this third step, ready, is give back what you can when you can. Uh, that's gonna, there's going to be somebody uh, that has some religious tendencies that's going to tell me that's biblically inaccurate. Say, well, pastor, would you tell somebody instead of tithing just to give back what they can, when they can? Well, what I would say is I, 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 would, I would encourage folks always, man, just, just tithe. Cut it out first. That's what the Bible talks about is the first fruit. But, but listen, uh, th- this week we, we had a need come up. I think we texted you out about a need. Say, hey, here's a need. So I want you to imagine that you were the person in that position 
uh, instead of the person needing that. And, and let, let's, just, let's make up a scenario that you have currently about $2,000 worth of hospital bills and somebody in the church comes to us and they say, Pastor, I've got this emergency surgery. I don't have any way to cover it. They won't even, they won't even operate on me if fill in the blank, right? So we, we go to the church and go, hey, we've got a need. It's about this amount. Um, here's what I don't expect. I don't expect the person in that situation that owes $2,000 in medical bills to pay for somebody else's medical bills. That, that, that's silly because they're not in a position. Here's what I expect that person with $2,000 in medical bills to do, though. I expect them to have a budget. I expect them to put in the work to sit down and come up with a budget and to figure out what they need to do or, or to come and ask for help. Like, let's deal with that so that you can be a generous giver, right? Because God's goal for you is to be a giver. And so what I'm saying to you is it's not magic. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, I can bless everybody. That's not how it works. And in fact, here's a little secret. When you work through these things and you get to a point that you free up some resources, here's what the world's going to say to you. Hey, I need a retirement. Uh, I need a bigger house, right? So I need that traveling RV. I need that boat. I need that. I mean, the world's going to come at the moment that the resources are free. Somebody's going to come up and get in your ear and say, no, 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 don't use those resources to give. You need to take care of yourself first. We need, I need a bigger house so my grandkids can come. I need a bigger, and you're right. And listen, some of that stuff may be warranted, but there's a whole lot of it, if we're being honest, that's probably not, right? Some of those big mega pastors on TV live in million-dollar homes. And my question is, right, really? Because John Piper, who probably, I mean, dude's made a lot of money, he lives in a meager house, his meager closet, you know, enough suits to wear to preach in. And the money from the sales of his stuff goes to the kingdom. Why? Because to take more than you should, more than is right, is stealing at some point, right? And so guys, we have to figure this out because God's goal for us is to get to a place where we can live a life. God, God never says don't be able to take care of yourself. Like, that's not in there. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to live life. But at some point, God's goal for us is to be able to bless other people, right? What does he say to Abraham? I'm going to bless you so that you can what? Be a blessing. The whole world will be blessed through you. That's God's idea for the church, is that the world would be blessed through us. And so I'm going to tell you, I think we have some work to do. Amen? Does it make sense? Okay? I got like three amens this week. That is three more amens than I've gotten the last two weeks. Okay? I think we're on a roll. I can't wait till next week. Talk about some other things that come out of our mouths. Okay? Hey, listen. We're going to be praying for you. We're still praying for you. I want to offer something to you. If you are here and you're in a position that you feel like finances in your life are out of order and you don't know how to get it right, I'm going to ask you to contact the church this week and we're going to work diligently to put you in touch with some people that can help you start a budget, okay? 
That'll be our promise to you. We've got a few folks in the church that um, have been through a Dave Ramsey course or something like that. You can even come up here and and sit down with me and and I I can give you some worksheets to start working through. Um, But but we want to help you. So this isn't saying, hey, hey, hey. This is saying, listen, God's got a goal for our lives. That goal is for us to give to those in need. How cool would it be if we could do that? Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray this morning that um, we would be touched by it and challenged by it. Because God, there are some places, if we are honest, that we are probably not being the people that you long for us to be. God, maybe it's us stealing your glory, taking credit for things you do. Maybe it's us not serving the body the way that we're being served by others. God, my my hope and my prayer this morning is that you would give us such a clear vision for what you call us to be that we would want to live for that vision. We would want to give ourselves to that vision. That we would want to do the work necessary to make that happen. God, we ask that you would do that kind of thing in our hearts this morning, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, as, as always, I, I'm just going to implore you. I, there's not a whole lot more I can do than beg. Uh, please, ready? Please go home and do the homework. Please go home and reread through the sermon notes. The podcast will be up tomorrow. You can go back and re-listen. Uh, go through and think, pray, Jesus is there any area in my life that I'm, that I'm stealing according to what I've learned? How can you help me correct it, God? How can I start giving back to others? And you can start small, I promise. I promise, 